Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti and welcome to Venice Talks, a podcast series about Venice in Italy. My name is Monica Cesarato and I am a Venetian food and travel blogger. I'm going to put my insider knowledge at your disposal to help you discover Venice at 360 degrees. Each week I will be chatting to the people who really matter, the Venetian. So follow me on the discovery of his artisans, writers, fashion designers, artists, glassmakers, bloggers and much, much more. Come to visit Venice the right and sustainable way. You can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com and also on all social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome to Venice Talks, episode number 17. Welcome back to Venice Talks and... Here we are with another episode and today I'm very happy because I've got a very lovely person talking to me, uh, talking about something that I really, really, really like. So uh, my guest today is Jelena Ivanisevic, architect of Scuola Grande San Giovanni Evangelista. Ciao Jelena, how are you? Ciao Monica, very nice to find you here and I'm happy to have this conversation with you too. Good. Did I say your surname right? Oh, I yes, yes, I did. Yes. Okay, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we tried for about five minutes before we started acting. I'm pretty sure I got it wrong. Anyway, let's start to, to explain to uh, the listeners what is a scuola in Venice? Well, that's a great question because uh, it's always funny when we have the first approach with somebody and I say that I work in this scuola, uh, but actually the name school doesn't mean that we are schools, so we don't have teachers or professors mm-hmm. or students. Scuola in Venice is a very typical and particular organization. Uh, we are very, very old. Uh, scuola was uh, founded in 13th century. Mm-hmm. 1261 wow and it's a brotherhood still mm-hmm. is very often people think that we uh, are a museum of something that doesn't exist for centuries but still today after uh, more than seven centuries mm-hmm. scuola grande is a brotherhood so mm-hmm. it's a association of people mostly venetian citizens uh, it's no profit organization who takes care about uh, a beautiful building, which is the headquarter of this organization, mm-hmm. which is a huge monument of art, architecture, and history of Venice. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, a, there is a difference between a brotherhood and a confraternity, right? Uh, we, in, we in Venetian, we call it confraternita. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, for us, we consider it as synonymous. Okay, but the Brotherhood is formed by, uh, by uh, is not formed by priests, right? Is no, by, no, no. Yeah, by religious another, people, but not the priests. Yes. Okay. Another peculiar, peculiar thing is uh, Scuole Grandi in Venice. They were very important and they are a part of the society which uh, can uh, accept as members both priests, priests and um, nobile families, aristocracy. Mm-hmm. But It's mainly, and uh, also written in the rules, this is an uh, association of people who uh, can have uh, power for themselves. Uh, so uh, it's meant to be the place for um, plebe, for citizens of Venice who didn't have access neither to the politic of the Venetian Republic, 
because mm-hmm. that one is reserved just for the aristocracy mm-hmm. or to the church because you have to be priest to become a mm-hmm. member of some uh, religious organizations. So for very rich and important citizens of Venice who didn't have access to these other poles of power in Venice, mm-hmm. becoming a, a guardian grande, which is the chief mm-hmm. of the brotherhood, was the main and most important uh, role that you could have in Venice. So mm-hmm. being and, like being li- like uh, organization, it's important. Uh, uh-huh. and, and these uh, schools were born to help uh, people. I mean, they obviously they had uh, a, a big impact on the uh, monuments and on the arts of the city. But the real reason is because they were supposed to be helping Yes. The, 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 the poor people in a way, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, usually I can easily say that today we have a social and um, uh, social care and health care system, which is organized by local government in every country. Mm-hmm. At that time, during the centuries, scuole were taking care about this aspect of life in Venice. So uh, when you're young and working, you pay your annual fee and mm-hmm. in any kind of difficulties, you will be taken care and helped by uh, the scuola. So oh. uh, in, ki- in case of illness or in case that the father of a family would die, uh, mm-hmm. the scuola would take care about widows and also about the children, especially daughters who were still to be married. Ah, okay, right, okay. Well, I didn't know this, uh, this little part. Okay, and how many schools uh, were there in Venice? Uh, in the beginning, it was just four of them, uh, the, the scuole grandi, while uh, the scuole piccole, which mm-hmm. were not so rich and so important as the scuole grandi, mm-hmm. uh, they existed like hundreds of them because every single guild mm-hmm. used to have their own scuola. Ah, okay, so, right, okay. Because I knew that the guilds looked after their own members but didn't realize actually they did it through the uh, um, minors schools okay yes like yes. got you now okay uh, venetian republic actually uh, did very clever thing by um, supporting and giving ru- uh, special rules how to rule these squalor because in this way they had a capular um, control and mm-hmm. also capular assistance to the poor people and any kind of needs that you uh, would have in the city, in the society. Mm-hmm. So where, where are five now or we're still on four? Uh, now, today, um, uh, many don't exist anymore. Many exist uh, like just a building which became the property of the government uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and so on. Uh, among the scuole, both grandi and also national, Uh, mm. scuole. It's us, San Rocco, Carmini, uh, then you have Misericordia that don't own anymore the building, mm-hmm. uh, and you have a Scuola Dalmata every now and then. I, since I, I come from Dalmatia every now, mm-hmm. and now and then, I said, okay, maybe I, uh, uh, I got the wrong Scuola, but... <laughs> <laughs> I could right. belong to both of them. Uh, yeah, well, listen, it, all, it used to be all belonging to Venice, so that's fine. Yes, it's always yes. Venice. Is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Scuola Grande San Giovanni Evangelista. So you told us uh, uh, it, it's uh, more than 700 years old. Um, what is, I mean, is one of, for me, is one of the most beautiful buildings in the city. And I think maybe one of the... Mm, 
you know, uh, but you, you pass, you don't understand what it is many times, I think, yes. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, obviously Venetians know and, you know, as in the know, we know what it is, but I'm thinking as a tourist, you just walk, you look at it, you think, oh, it's beautiful, because it's also very strange, the entrance yes, is very yes, strange, yes. Uh, the beautiful, uh, what do you and call staircase. it? staircase. And the gates as well, just yes, to yes. walk into the courtyard, that is very, very strange. So let's talk about how we, how he developed, first of all. Yes. Why was he born? Yes, um, I like that aspect of uh, our history. Uh, actually, that strange gate, which is the main facade of the scuola, is something pe- uh, very pe- peculiar. And uh, since the scuola is very, very old, and in the beginning, the building was a very simple and smaller building. Mm-hmm. They actually, during the centuries, they needed to enlarge the building and also uh, to become much more elegant and monumental according uh-huh. to how the building um, uh, was supposed to adapt to the um, people and brotherhood who became much bigger mm-hmm. and also richer and more important in the society. Uh, this especially happened after a specific year, 1369, mm-hmm. Squala received in the nation a very important relic of the True Cross, small oh. pieces of wood uh, that are told to be uh, uh, pieces of the wood of the Christ's uh, cross, where the cross, mm-hmm. were, uh, the, the, the crucifixion uh, cross. Mm-hmm. So uh, that object, that, that relic, became so important for many aspects of the scroll and not just the religious one and mm-hmm. it's not just related to the fate by itself but it also became the object who was attracting more people more members of the brotherhood and in the same way also more economical donations and possibilities mm-hmm. also to uh uh, create the house of this famous rabbit. Yeah, of course, because the all of a sudden world. it became very prestigious to have, very, uh, very. you know, so of course you, you want to be where the thing is. Yes, <laughs> Venetians, yes, we, yes. we know what Venetians, you know, merchants, they wanted to, to show off, I assume that was part yeah, of it yeah, as well. Yeah, okay. of course, of course. So uh, they also had a specific need to create um, the, the place. So this is the chapel where mm-hmm. the cross is still, we still have it and that it's is still be- kept. Beautiful, beautiful room. It's a beautiful uh, area. Precious, yeah. And in the same way also in the late 400s, so in 15th century, most important uh, Renaissance uh, architects and the Tagliapietra people who worked stone and also painters were called, all of them, uh, mm-hmm. to create this new house, renewed house for this Relic of the Cross and for this uh, brotherhood that became even more important in the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the problem was that actually the building already existed and they had in front this small square this small campiello mm-hmm. which doesn't actually gives you the opportunity to exhibit the new facade of so course because it's, it's quite it, it, for venetian terms is quite a small little courtyard in a way is a small campo it's not that it's yes. not very big yes you can imagine scuola grande di san marco which actually today is the hospital city yeah. hospital and they have a huge square in front so yeah of course 
you have the building with the facade that is done by the same architects of the moment and you can admire it from very far away and you can see mm -hmm. it, the whole building can easily admire it from, from the distance. Uh, we didn't have that possibility. So that was a huge problem that money can't solve. Mm -hmm. So they needed a genius solution for that. And that door actually is something that I adore because of that, because they did something very clever and very special and they invented it because they needed an, a solution for a problem that uh, mm -hmm. didn't have uh, easy solutions. So, little, little curiosity, Elena. Um, was the door closed at night, or was yes. it always left open? Ah, okay. If so you, you pay attention, yes, yes. If you pay attention, you will still find uh, iron sticks that used oh. to keep the door, the gate. Oh. I'll have a look next time when I pass. Yes, yes. Okay, let's go because now you can just walk through. You go through the Calle is actually a shortcut to go yes, quick, yes. Uh, to go quick to, to the, the train station. station. Yeah, to yeah, the train yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't realize it was closed. So on both sides, also, also the little yes. entrance to the Kallelben as well was closed. Well, at the time, of course, train station and bus station did not yeah, exist. exist. So basically, we didn't have so much passage like we have today. Ah, okay. And in fact, uh, there's another another thing. If you pay attention, the, the, the gate is decorated just on one side, which was external, while inside it's just normal plain yeah, of course. Uh, wall. Uh -huh. Because the city and who would arrive here and who would come to visit the scuola, to enter the scuola, they were all arriving from Rialto, from ah, San Marco. Okay. And actually the area where we have train station today, that was a back, back door. The, you, you didn't have the bridge and it was just, okay. you know, fields, fields with cultivations. Animals, ah, right? okay, actually, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. If you see uh, the, 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 the drawing of the Barbary, how Venice was at the time, then you realize how today we are very much used to see as the entrance door to Venice, train station <laughs> and bus station. Yeah, of course. And it wasn't, of course, it wasn't in the old days. Yeah. St. Mark's was, everything arrived in yeah. St. Mark's. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, very so interesting. And what about the little church that is in front of the chapel that is in front of, uh, yeah, of, yeah, of the, the scuola? That's as old as, as the actual uh, building even itself. Older, oh, is it, it's actually older. Okay. Yeah, right. um, the church is uh, told to be founded in uh, 970. Oh, wow. With, with, without 1,000 in front, so just 970. And it was a chapel, private chapel of the fa fam family Badoer. Ah, okay. And um, that church, in, in the beginning, just the family chapel. And then um, after the, the, the Scuola Grande became... Uh, how to say the neighbor uh, mm -hmm. of, of the church also Scuola Grande started to use it together with Padua's family and also to share costs and to share uh, also commitments to to pay new painters and uh, mm -hmm. uh, also that church had many variations and during the centuries many things changed so how you see the church today is actually has a little bit to do with how it was in the beginning. Well, like many, many, many churches. Yeah, many churches. Yeah, yeah many yeah. layers and many churches yeah. in Venice. Yeah. Yeah. Does this make it one of the oldest churches in the city? Well, uh, definitely it is one of the oldest. But since we don't have the exact, exact information mm. on the very beginning, uh, uh, 
so we actually don't know uh, the exact date of the foundation but i believe we are playing uh, quite uh, interesting play with san giacometto no <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah definitely listen so there's another two in focal important uh, po uh, parts uh, of Escuola that uh, for me are the most, well, first of all, the big uh, major hall that is, uh, I think, so one of the there. most stunning uh, open uh, uh, salon uh, halls or whatever you want to call them that I've ever seen yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Let, let's talk about that. And then, then we'll talk about the stairs. That's another yes. big uh, thing that you just restored, by the way. Let's yes. go back to the hall. So that, when was that developed? Well, uh, the, the main hall, actually, it's the, dedicated to the, the saint, to the patron of the scuola, which is St. John, the Evangelist, uh, San John, San Giovanni Evangelista. Um, the hall, as we see it today, it's the result of uh, renovation that Scuola did in the 18th century. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's one of the newest part of the building and um, also that because the history is so long and in the 18th century, they needed to remodern uh, not just the building who had some technical uh, problems, but also to refresh the art and architecture of the main hall, which is the representative one. Mm -hmm. uh, every scuola, since they do a practical and very, um, how to say, uh, uh, they do assistance to the poor people, they cook, mm -hmm. they give food, they, 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 they do practical stuff. Did they give them education as well or not? Not inside here. Ah, okay, all right. Uh, no, no, just a curiosity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Ground floor are always practical one, and always you have at first at the Piano Nobile, you will have the main hall, chapter hall, who will be the most beautiful one, the most impressive. Mm -hmm. And that is the hall where they have meetings, where mm -hmm. the scuola meet for their own purposes, or uh, where we receive still today, when we have celebrations and we have guests, uh, mm -hmm. other scuole and authorities. Uh, from the city, that is the hall where you receive your guests. And this is the hall where you need to show off. Mm -hmm. So, of course... Oh, and you definitely show off. And this one, we <laughs> definitely, because when we, when we have people who visit Scuola for the first time, you know what is the, the most frequent reaction when people enter this room? They say in every language, they say, Wow. Yeah, I know. That, that was my first reaction. <laughs> and now my first, uh, every time I go, is, uh, is the same reaction. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter in which, in which contest I come. It always gave me the feeling of, wow. Wow. Because and we I are think very proud a, of it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the height. It's not as much as the length. Because, you know, uh, there are other buildings in Venice that are just as, you know, uh, deep and long. I think it's the height that does it for me. It is this um, feeling that, um, I don't know, I find it very open. I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's very different. It's, you know, having been to some Marks, and, uh, Dodges Palace, sorry, and yeah. other buildings. I don't know. This... They are larger and lower. They, they, they give idea to being lower. And I know, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. And, and here, I believe, yes, it's Altogether, because you don't get focused on one specific thing, except yeah. the payment, maybe. Mm. But it's all together, and you like uh, you are swallowed by this room, and uh, you just walk around. I you 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 start to 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 turn around yourself and say like, wow, it's so huge, and, and it's so much art and architecture that you don't know where to look first. 
I know, I know. Talk, let's talk about art. Uh, who, who, which, uh, which paintings have you got? Uh, which Ben Fresco's their paintings, right? Their paintings, yeah, because right? because uh, on oil on canvas because of uh, humidity that we yeah. have in Venice, so that's best yeah. solution to maintain them. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many different artists uh, inside, um, from uh, Tiepolo to Tintoretto, Domenico Tintoretto, and um, the whole ceiling is. In the beginning, it was supposed to be done by the same by, by Tiepolo all the mm -hmm. all at once, but then he left, and they managed to give um, uh, for different paintings to different painter. But mm -hmm. the the characteristic of it is that it's the apocalypse. Of course, mm -hmm. everything inside here it's related in one way or another to the patron, which is San Giovanni Evangelista. And since he is the writer of the apocalypse, then they have the the ceiling all with thematic of the apocalypse. Then you mm -hmm. have. Sante Peranda, Pietro Longhi, Antonio Balestra, and, and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, the most impressive one in that room that I like even most more is pavement done by Giorgio Massari. Giorgio mm -hmm. Massari actually, actually is the main actor in, in, in this room. Mm -hmm. And he had this huge restyling of the whole. He's the one who made it higher, mm. who gave it this proportion proportions. And actually today, the room seems to be an excellent uh, hall for the concert. Yes, it does, isn't it? It's got beautiful, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, propagation of sound. Yes, yes. And um, uh, we do actually host many concerts of classical music uh, inside. And mm -hmm. uh, for us, the, the, the best compliment in, is when the great artists give us like compliments. They are surprised that this room has this acoustic. It is. And, and, and another one, also this room is not regular, but with this kind of payment that it's like kaleidoscope, you, you get lost yes. on this pavement. Uh, Giorgio Massari managed to hide from the human eye, from the visitors, mm -hmm. the fact that the room is not at all regular. It gets larger and then it then it, it gets uh, narrow and oh okay it did oh right well he did manage because I never realized that and okay see, so yeah see, next time <laughs> next time you'll check <laughs> yeah and one thing that you always tell people to do but I I really like it because you got to <sighs> some of us to do it last time we came is to actually lie down on the floor yes. and look up <laughs> but I think it's always something strange to be done in a, in, in, in a location like yours but to be honest with you at the end is one of the most beautiful feeling because you do get to see uh, everything with a different, totally perspective, and yes. you don't get to do that in the Doge's Palace for sure. Yeah, you only yeah, get you, to you, do it. Yes, in the beginning, people are always shy, and they say, yeah. "Like you really, you really, we can." Uh, yeah. But once you do it, I believe you get completely attached. You, you, it's. I don't know why this psychological mm. uh, thing that once you lie down, it's nothing different from watching around yourself when you're standing but you completely get another dimension you psychologically. How, how many people actually, this place is so big. How many people, when you do events like conferences and stuff, how many people actually can sit down there? Well, we have capacity for 300 people. God, that's a lot. 
you could put you could physically like uh, if people put Russian side you more people could get in but this is yeah. for security reasons. Yeah, yeah of course yeah because it's a it's a very big uh, uh, floor yeah, but uh, it's still on water this <laughs> 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 is built on water okay same this now the most beautiful uh ever staircase you have it it is yes. amazing you just uh, finished restoring what was it last year well, uh, uh, we managed, uh, fortunately, to use the COVID uh, uh, pandemia uh, mm. period for one good reason. So the, the good thing inside of this whole bad thing was that we managed to find a sponsor who got in love uh, also with this uh -huh. staircase, which is Venetian heritage. Okay. And they managed to collect uh, almost all of the, the financial support before COVID. Mm -hmm. And so the restoration, which was very heavy from the um, building point of view, because they needed to block the access to the building and they used all the ground floor to manage the reconstruction and the of restoration of, of every single piece of the staircase. Uh, in a normal period when we are open as a congress hall and also as a museum, that thing wouldn't be possible. Of so course, also because your, your staircase is not one staircase, it goes in from both sides. So yeah, it's double, it's, double it's a one, double staircase. Double so you yeah. would have had to close them both. I remember I, I got the opportunity to see the works while it was happening. It was uh, incredible. So, yes, but not, not just because of that. You, you know, we had the, 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 the um, we had to clean all around the whole building because once you once you start to move um, sand and, and uh, dust, uh, dust uh, and all these um, stones and marbles, uh, it's it's even worse than you can think in the beginning. Of course, and uh, of course everything was completely blocked. So the rest restoration um, uh, people who worked on the restoration. They were the only one who lived inside the uh, Scuola Grande during pandemia war while uh, we you were locked back them home. In. You locked them in, did you? Yes, locked them inside. <laughs> Just you were passing food through a little hatch <laughs> under the door. <laughs> so get on with it. <laughs> but you know, when, when especially uh, this spring uh, and when Biennale and uh, Venice uh, started to live again, we also came back uh, with the staircase. Of course completely restored with new lightnings and completely cleaned mm -hmm. so you know i felt like reborn this okay. spring of this year but because the staircase came back and we reopened it and the whole school reopened and people yeah. started to come back inside again Good. and the exhibition that we had for biennale i really what it was one of the happiest period of my life to see oh, live so nice. art people and, and happenings going on again so for yeah. us it was Great so back, back to the staircase one second, Yelena. Let's yes. uh, uh, well, first of all, who made it and what's so particular about it? Yes, well, it's a jewel made by Mauro Codussi, which is very important uh, architect from the 15th century in, in Venice. And mm -hmm. he worked a lot in Venice and many other uh, important buildings uh, like the, the cemetery church of San Michele, but also uh, clock tower in Piazza San Marco, uh, mm -hmm. Casino Palace, which is um, uh, Dramin Calergi and, and so on and so on. Also La Scuola Grande di San Marco, which we mm -hmm. consider like the sister mm -hmm. architect from the architectonical 
point of view. And uh, Mauro Kudusi did this staircase again as a solution for the functional problem of the building. So in the first place, it's a great technical solution to have people coming in from one side and coming out from the other side. And this gives you the opportunity to reorganize different uh, ways uh, of people. Also mm -hmm. during the COVID, you know, when, especially in the beginning. The, I know authorities would ask you to have one access well, you didn't need completely to. different way another exit yeah. so not perfect we have it we have it since the 14th 15th century i know <laughs> say hey we've been through the plague we know yeah, what to we do. know <laughs> and it's a it's a beautiful piece of architecture that is playing with human perspective because when you get in uh, you are actually fooled by Mauro Codussi because staircase, again, is not regular. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has uh, a bit of uh, illusion that is done by uh, one meter, you know, one mm -hmm. meter is if you think it's a lot. So yeah. the staircase actually is larger, almost one meter larger on top. So when you enter, uh, your, uh, your view on the staircase gets a little bit of correction. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem as a long tunnel that is uh, getting a small, dark spot in the end. Mm -hmm. But actually, it seems uh, a, a beautiful Renaissance architecture, very, mm -hmm. very regular. Uh, I like the fact that you are um, teased by the architect, because if, if you don't search for this um, meter that I told you, you wouldn't notice it actually no, by yourself. No, no, you don't. You don't. So it's it's something that you suffer. You know, I like, let's use this this word suffer. You are victim of this optical nice illusion, and uh, I like when people discover what happened to them that they were um, teased by the architect, and then they realize. And and I like when people sometimes measure with the with the proper feet mm -hmm. the difference between you can measure the first step and then the last one. And then you realize that there's one meter more. That's a lot. Than one meter is a lot. It's not a few centimeters. So yeah. it's done on purpose. To, wow. On to... both on both sides. Yes. Yes. Wow. So if somebody wants to come to the Spola Grande, can they visit it? Uh, we are. Um, uh, if you want to visit as a museum, mm -hmm. a good, uh, always a good advice is to check on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, on the section museum, you will always find uh, a calendar where mm -hmm. you can see if on a certain day that I want to visit, if we are available or not. And they don't need to be a group. If, if you're open, they can just no, come no, as no. individuals. You, you okay. just check. Um, it's, um, you know, pandemia also made us um, do some things, uh, digital things. So we also mm -hmm. have the tickets that can ah, go okay. to online. Booking. Good. Yeah, yeah, and also there is a possibility to participate. We try to make it uh, uh, on the weekends. Mm -hmm. uh, we organize guided tours, usually uh, done by internal staff. So mm -hmm. it's also possible to buy um, a guided tours ticket, which is mm -hmm. uh, organized almost every weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's always nice because you know when you do the guided tour, uh, the, the thing about a meter larger. Uh, staircase and uh, how we deal with high tides, uh, not mm -hmm. just the, the 1966, but also the recent. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but today, funny, yeah. funny stuff that maybe yeah. if you visit by yourself, you wouldn't always uh, yeah, catch everything. And you also are open uh, for events. So if somebody wants yeah. to organize any kind of uh, big events, uh, you yes. are the place. 
to be yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because you organize uh, also the caterings and things like yes, that right yes, yes it's possible to do inside conferences we have both huge rooms but also some smaller rooms so conferences mm -hmm. concerts um we have big and small meetings going on mm -hmm. uh, you know especially if you have guests coming from around the world it's a, a nice thing to have whatever you have to do it's a business and if you do it in a nice place you will have a break coffee break or lunch break and you will admire something and you know i know beauty beauty helps and it's very easy to find because you just have a back of fry have a back of the archivio yeah, yeah. status so you're in a perfect Not uh, just. location we are also near the train station and bus station which actually in venice where uh, you have to walk or to take yeah. public transport again to to reach it's uh, Yeah, it's not a, a, at all a, a bad idea to have it close it, to the train station. Exactly. Now, something about you. You're now from Italy. No. Where are you from and how did you end up here in Venice? <laughs> I come from another nice Adriatic uh, coast sea. I come from Dubrovnik in Croatia. Mm -hmm. And when I was 18, I came here to Venice uh, to study at UAV, uh, Architecture University. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found my way around the city. I got in love with this city and uh, uh, I'm still here. I got in love with the city. I got in love with the Scuola Grande. How long have you been uh, with the Scuola Grande now? Well, since the very first, I remember the very first time that I came here as a student, as you know, the stupid student jobs that young people do. Oh, well, they're it never was. stupid. If they, get you, if they get you where you are now. Yeah. <laughs> it was on um, uh, Christmas of 99. Oh, wow. So we can say I know this place now 22 years. Wow. And you literally fell in love with it? Yes, I fall in love. Definitely, my husband says that he's not jealous only about one, and this is San Giovanni because now he knows that San Giovanni comes before him. <laughs> So for people that are not listening, uh, Dubrovnik for, uh, obviously, in the past, in the, during the Republic of Venice, was one of the territories. So how, uh, because I, I have many friends that come from, uh, from the Adriatic coast and they now live in Venice. And it's very interesting, you know, we're talking about four, five, six hundred years ago, seven hundred years ago, whatever. Yes. And how the similarities But at the same time, the differences between Venice and where and the city where you come from, even though yes. it was part, in a way, of a Venetian territory. Well, definitely the Adriatic Sea at the time was what's today for us. It's uh, taking airplane, trains, internet, mm -hmm. television and communications. So all the informations, communications and traveling would happen on the, on, on the sea. Mm -hmm. uh, so Dubrovnik was very, very much oriented to communicate uh, with uh, places that were reachable by the sea. And it was much more difficult to... Uh, cross mountains that are just on the back of Dubrovnik and maybe reach uh, other countries on mm -hmm. the main mainland that maybe have the same distance from Dubrovnik, but you have to do it by uh, walk or mm -hmm. on the horse or whatever they used on different centuries. So, for example, in local dialect in Dubrovnik, uh, we use pecha. Ah. Like we which do. is Venetian, not Italian. It's Venetian. Yeah, 
and uh, other other words that actually are Venetian dialect. So that's right. how you realize that the distance between Dubrovnik and Venice, was very especially at the time, was really, really shorter, uh, shorter than it is in kilometers on the map. Of course. Uh, then, of course, architects, architecture, uh, there was a huge communication with uh, all the, the, the Mediterranean, especially Adriatic coast, mm -hmm. so with Italian um, maestranze. And mm -hmm. uh, also in Dubrovnik, you can find um, architecture that has um, uh, Italian type of, uh, how to say, you, you'll find also names of the Italian uh, Taglia Pietra and artists who work. Not just, I, I will tell you this, which is, I discovered recently. Mm -hmm. You know, Scuola Grande, I told you that we have the relic of the True Cross. Mm. And I discovered recently that there is um, a kind of, not a copy, but um, homaggio. Ah, so, okay, an homage. Mm. Yes, uh, the, that was done uh, on measure and on, on by considering the relic and il reliquiario, so the, mm -hmm. the, the masterpiece of uh, gold uh, that keeps inside the, the true relic of the cross, there is one of it in Dubrovnik. And Kidding I just me. discovered, so I said, I definitely was, it was design was that yeah. I have to, 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 to end up in this place and to work in this place. I bet you, but if we connection. go to the archives of Venice, somewhere in there, where is your family name? I bet you, I bet you, I bet you anything. You know, like in the Don Brown's uh, books and stuff like that, you know, we are the descendant. Well, uh, <laughs> no, you, you told it, you know, my my, my name is Ivan Isheric. Ivan actually is Giovanni. Oh my God, <laughs> so... even more so. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. This is... Too much of a coincidence. Destiny, destiny. <laughs> oh, come on. Way too much of a coincidence. Wow. What about food? There's a lot of uh, similarities as well. I mean, at least I found a lot of similarities when I went uh, um, to, where was I? Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I can't remember where I went. <laughs> <laughs> Just below Istria, Porto Rosa, and down there, coming down. Okay. okay. And I found so many dishes that are so like uh, Venetian dishes or vice yeah. versa. Maybe maybe we, we imported them from Venice. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, you know, you never know. But I found yes, so yes, many yes. similarities as well in food. Yes, yes. You can find, for example, in Dubrovnik, they Dubrovačka Rožata. Mm -hmm. uh, which is something similar to, to panna cotta or, you know, something that's much Seriously. has something much more to do with Italian food yeah. against, you know, Austro-Hungaric food, because yeah. all the continent was actually much more under the impression and, and influence yeah. and the do dominion of the Austro-Hungaric Empire. And, you know, also language shows that, mm -hmm. that, that when you find words from another languages or 500 years of Ottoman Empire. So in Bosnia, for example, you will find a lot of uh, Turk words and yeah, but yeah. you know I always try to catch best things from all the cultures that I meet I on my way, especially when it's about food and drink. I always try to try and uh, take with me whatever it's good. <laughs> That's the way it should be. Um, right. One last thing: if people want to find the Scuola Grande, where do they? What uh, what's the website and where do we find you on social medias? Yes. Uh, the website of the scuola is www.scuolasangiovanni.it 
Mm-hmm. But also you can have an idea on what you can visit here and what you can do on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just search Scuola Grande San Giovanni, mm-hmm. you will find it out. And you can see both architecture that we have, which is mm-hmm. the, the house of uh, what we can host inside. And inside you can find uh, very often also activities, cultural activities that is offered to the city and you can participate concerts, exhibitions, conferences, and uh, and so on. Okay. We are also on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Instagram, our website. And um, if you like what we do, follow. Mm, do get uh, subscribed on our newsletter or just call or ask. And we're mm-hmm. here. We, we are happy to have you here. And uh, have we got any news for the next months to come? Something particular, some events or something people should look out for? Uh, we, like this winter, uh, the, the cultural uh, activity is a little bit going down because, you know, it was unsure on how the winter will come with COVID. But mm-hmm. so on our website, you will definitely find whatever is coming up. Yes, uh, there should be some pres- presentations of the books, activities of collaboration with also other association for good reasons, for fundraising of uh, activities that are um, helping some uh, institutions to achieve their mm-hmm. programs. And, okay. Uh, um, that's good yes. okay Yelena what can I say thank you so much and I got to say I mean it was lovely listening to you by so much even better coming down and see what you said yes. so people should definitely make an effort to come because I think there's so many beautiful things to do in Venice and everybody I mean nothing I don't want to take nothing away from the Doge's Palace from uh, the Basilica but we have to I start from that, there, but we are uh, a very nice. I, I I like to call this place a hidden gem. So yes, yes, it is. For us and and um, it really is hidden because you are behind the, <laughs> the gate in a way, so you definitely <laughs> yeah. are hidden. But I think it's also because uh, it, it, you really are away from the masses, and uh, it is a pearl. It is a little pearl in 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 a in a series in a labyrinth. In the Labyrinth Fetish Venice, I think it's one of the most beautiful hidden gems. And guys, uh, you definitely got to go and see it. Thank you so much, Yelena. It was a pleasure talking to you. And, Thank you, Monica. Um, Waiting for it, you to have to discover some other details oh, around and ab- uh, have a coffee absolutely. together. Absolutely. Speak to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Thank you again, Yelena, for talking to us. You can find Scuola Grande at www.scuolasangiovanni.it and on all social medias as Scuola Grande San Giovanni. Thank you again for listening. If you want to book a food tour or a cooking experience with me, you can find me on my blog www.monicacesarato.com or at cookingvenice.com and also on all social medias with the handle at Monica Cesarato and at cookingvenice. Feel free to leave a comment or write to info at monicacesarato.com for more information about the people featured in the podcast or Venice. Bye-bye! Sentire Media Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. 
and we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.